0: In the back of our hymnal are listed several creeds, and so i want to ask you to take your hymnal and turn there with me. Uh, there are several that are listed on page 80, 880. Uh, it begins with the Nicene Creed and then moves to, on the other side of the page, two versions, uh, the traditional and the ecumenical version of the Apostles' Creed. If you turn the page, you'll see that on 883 and 884, 85, and 86, there are other versions. If you look at 883, that's my favorite creed. I love that one. It's called A Statement of Faith of the United Church of Canada, and it begins like this. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, I just love the poetry of it all and the modern feel to it. Uh, Today, however, we are discovering uh, how important and how foundational the Apostles' Creed is. It is adjacent to the Nicene Creed on this page 880 and then 881. The Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed, as we have them here, were developed um, in the fourth century. If you can clear your minds enough to think how long ago that was. In the fourth century, uh, these were put in their present form. Uh, The Nicene Creed uh, was a theological treatise that came out of the the Council of Nicaea. It was meant to try to explain as best as possible how Christ can be both human and divine. That was its uh, most important purpose, perhaps. The Apostles' Creed is interesting, though, because there are some documents from the early church that predate what we have here that are so close, it is unlikely that the copyists did not use what they had read from the second century in order to compose the Apostles' Creed. It's fascinating. You'll have to look that up and discover Uh, more about that the older creed is called the old roman symbol and so you can google that later do not google during the sermon do not do not google during the sermon let's share together though in reading 881 the apostles creed would you stand with me as we share this confession this historic confession of the christian faith from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Creeds are teaching tools, and this is the case with the Apostles' Creed in particular. Um, As a part of catechism, baptismal baptismal preparation and teaching that culminated generally on Easter Sunday, that high and festive day, the confirmands were taught not only the words of the Apostle's Creed or something very much like that, they were taught what it meant Not that it is important simply to say the words, but that it is important to understand at least a part of what is being said. And so the creeds become these teaching tools. We have all sorts of teaching tools around us of which we are not generally aware. We will stand to say the Pledge of Allegiance as we did on Scout Sunday just recently and we speak this from rote memory, and as we do, we share together in something that should have a great depth of meaning. I hope that it does. On Scout Sunday, it was fascinating, of course, to see the the scouts uh, raise their uh, pledge in the form of, of their uh, hands lifted, and many of you placed your hands over your hearts. Um, my brother and I share pictures of course whenever we're together and we were together for a brief time this week um, we get out our phones and show off our grandchildren right to each other (laughs) we share the pictures and he had a video he had a video that he shared uh, with Sue and and me that was of our nephew who is uh, barely four years old and he has learned to say the Pledge of Allegiance and he did quite remarkably well I mean there is a little strangeness about some of the words that he is saying and then as he comes in toward the end he says with liberty and justice for all and I don't know what liberty is and I don't know that he knows what liberty is maybe you know what liberty is but um, he is learning and without that kind of undergirding and that kind of direction from his parents And the admiration from his grandparents, how else would he have a hope of learning what it means to say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands? How would he begin to even know that? And so it's a beautiful beginning for him in that way. I was uh, talking with Stephanie just following the earlier service, at which she had a, had a chance, of course, to hear me preach uh, these words. And she, she came to me and she said, you know about our lily grace, don't you? And I said, no, what? She said, she calls it the ledge of a <laughs> But she's learning. She's learning as they all do they all do learn from these teaching tools that we bring their way. And uh, particularly baptismal catechesis is important. Our confirmation class is down at Upworth-by-the-Sea right this very minute. In fact, Jonathan is preaching to them right this very minute and Jared is down there with them as a guide, and Stephanie was down there yesterday as a teacher, and and so we can be happy that our church is trying to form these young lives and guide them into understanding these uh, foundational concepts. Uh, there is a danger, I have discovered, with familiarity, though. Um, in our repeating the Apostles' Creed, which we do almost every Sunday, as we share together in repeating, we know this by heart. We don't even have to look at it. Oftentimes I will take it just to make sure that, that, uh, that everyone in the uh, congregation realizes that this is in the hymnal. And as we read through it in the hymnal together, not to let anyone feel left out that may not have learned it by heart yet, uh, we, we can share it together in that way. But many of you know it by heart, you don't need to pick up your hymnals. You know it by rote, in fact, you might get to the end of it and not even know what you have said you know it so well. Have you ever realized that? That you have said it before you even realize that you've said it. And that's the danger. That is the danger. Uh, One of the beautiful things about my mother is that I have a memory of her when I was a child um, going to church. Dad, who actually is here with us today and uh, is in worship um, I would sit uh, out in the pew with, with my mother. My dad was the pastor of the church. And my, my mother, when it came time to speak the Apostles' Creed, she would not just say it. She would enunciate it with such emphasis that it was almost as if the Creed had been written for her. For her. I believe in God the Father Almighty, she would say. And I believed that she believed. And because of that, because of that, I was drawn into her belief. And then God blessed me with belief of my own. I believe in God. Do you believe in God? You can answer at this point, right? Right. I believe in God. Do you believe in God? Yes. Yes. There are many philosophical arguments for the existence of God. People have been thinking about this for ages. If you have gone to school, you have certainly taken some 101 philosophy class that has guided you on the cosmological, teleological, moral, or ontological arguments for the existence of God. But that's not what we're talking about here so much this morning. None of these will convince those who are unwilling to believe If you are convinced that there is no God, these arguments, these reasonings are not going to be enough to push you over the edge to make you believe. I know this is the case. Um, 35 years ago, I was standing out in my backyard. I had looked um, and found that the space shuttle was going to fly at such a time that we would be able to see it from Cockwit, Georgia. And and so it was a clear day, and it was twilight, actually. It was at the end of the day, just as the night was beginning, and I was standing out there looking, and sure enough, in the, in the western horizon, I saw this object begin to cross across the sky. About that time, our neighbor came out his back door, and he said, what you looking at? And I said... I'm looking at the space shuttle and he shook his head and he said, the space shuttle, he said, you mean that plane up there? I said, that's not a plane. I said, that's the space shuttle and he went back in his house. I had not convinced him that it was the space shuttle that was flying just overhead. You can spend a lot of time and energy And I'm not saying to you that anyone who doesn't believe in God will not be prompted at some point to believe in God, but the chances of you being the one or me being the one to convince them that there is a God in some logical, progressive kind of way is nigh an impossibility because there is such conviction that it has to line up with their way of thinking. Now, the beauty of this is that there are persons who do not believe in God that do become believers in God and even in Christ. But how does that happen? It happens, I believe, by the very presence of the Spirit, which brings waves of new thinking and understanding in ways that we could never expect or create on our own. Isn't it wonderful that God works that way with people and gives them a chance to discover who he is? This is a beautiful thing as we think about Moses. You remember, Moses was in conversation with God as he was being prompted to go and help lead the people out of their bondage. He turned to God and he said, who will I say sent me? (laughs) And even God had to stop and think for just a moment at that question. And he said to Moses, he said, tell them I am who I am. Have you heard this before? Tell them I am who I am. And in some translations it says, I will be who I will be. Isn't that an interesting name? I will be who I will be. How can you put an explanation on this? How can you understand it? God makes himself known in the way that God will make himself known. I believe in God and I know that you do as well as he prompts you deeper each day. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Any of you who have been around me for any length of time will know I'm a gender inclusive kind of guy. You know that, don't you? I'm a gender inclusive kind of guy. I've made look like I don't have hair, but I'm a hippie standing here in front of you. Come on. <laughs> it's there. Just imagine it into being. There, I I know and have read that God is revealed in more ways than simply Father. In fact, all throughout the Bible, there are these these wonderful, beautiful images of God as God is named as this hen who gathers her chicks or this, this uh, mother bear that is trying to, to keep those, uh, those bear cubs from just scattering to the wind or this, this mother embracing her child at the breast as she feeds them. These beautiful images of God throughout the scripture that must not be lost. Here though, what is so important is that you have to make choices and of course, in our ways, we have made choices, perhaps too many, to name God as father. But to, to name God simply as parent loses, loses the personal nature of who God is. And here we say in this creed, I believe in God the father which is our way of saying God is this loving and kind and compassionate being. And you don't get that from simply saying, I believe in God, the parent, do you? I believe in God, the father, the one who loves us and cares for us. I believe in God, the father almighty, that powerful part of who he is, that that mighty nature of, of what he is displaying to us, that that authority. But you know as well as I that power and authority without kindness and without compassion is a very dangerous and abusive thing. We've seen that too much in our world. And I am grateful that at the beginning of this creed, it says that I believe in God the Father Almighty. And Our repeating of this creed, we might think less of it because of our rote memorization than we should. Uh, Over in Isaiah chapter 6, as this vision is being shared, Isaiah says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Do you ever think of that when you come into worship on Sundays? Do you have a sense of God's being so present that his spirit occupies every space, not only of your heart, but every space of this room? Do you have a sense in which he hovers above us and below us and around us? Do you have a sense in which his breezes of the spirit are always at at motion among us, moving us to be his people and to understand how much he loves us? Do you remember the story also of Moses as he came down with the Ten Commandments from the Mount, and how the people saw that his face shone with this presence of God? His face shone with the with the idea that he had been there with God. How is it the people see us as we leave this place? Do they see us as being The ones that want to get at the first of the line as they go through the cafeteria or over at a restaurant, or do they see us that we have truly been in the presence of Almighty God? I believe in God the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And with the Greek, the understandings of this are interesting because they had this notion that their athletes were, their best athletes were barely shy of being gods. In fact, they believed that their best javelin throwers were always in danger of piercing the canopy that was above. Is that incredible to think about? That they believed that the heavens were so close that the canopy of the heavens, which they did not understand, and we don't fully understand as well. In fact, there's so much that is there but they believed that it was so close that the javelin might endanger letting something out on the world that they were not aware of. You and I need to treasure this idea of the closeness of God in that way. Um, I've said this before, but I share it with you again, that uh, one day I was, uh, one evening, I had gone out to look at the stars and one of our daughters Okay, it was Sarah it was out there with me and we were lying down in order not to crane our necks. We were lying down flat of our backs to look up at the sky. It was such a clear sky. And all of a sudden Sarah got up and started to go back into the house. I said, "Where are you going?" She said, "I can't take it anymore." I said, "Are you sick?" And she said, "No, she said I just can't take it anymore." I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, it's just so big, it's just so big, and I'm so small, and it was more than she could handle. Just the power of all of that. When we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, we should be thinking about the closeness of all that has been created by God. Not only these constellations which can't appear so far away, but those things that come close to us. And this is what's being said in Psalm 19 that was read so beautifully this morning by Anna. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Not only the heavens, but the firmament that he created the earth as well. Those things that are tangible, those things that we need to know and understand and appreciate. Those evidences that God has given to us. You and I are not God. I hope you will discover that sooner than later. You and I are not God. In fact, the way James puts this is almost a little scary. He says, uh, "What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You and I are not God, but I believe in a God who is eternal. Do you? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. What a powerful thought! The Apostles' Creed, 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 the God's guiding hand, and the presence behind. The entire created order. We will be considering this for the next several weeks, but as we get started with it this morning, I need your assistance once again. Would you turn in your hymnal to page 881 as we stand together? Let us stand. And we're going to share in reading the Apostles' Creed one more time, but I want you to enunciate it and express it like my mother would. Would you do that? I want to hear some belief in the midst of this, and so let's try that out right now. from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now you may be seated.